keeping it dry. What I recommend is growing it and drying it. But the next thing you can do, Jay, is make it as a tea and getting and getting like just steeping it as a tea and then just slugging it back. So Jerry, you came in and we were talking about mushroom trips on how a group of people were doing mushrooms and losing their fear of death, which is not what we're here to talk about. But but interesting nonetheless. <laughs> have you done have you done a hero dose or macro dose of mushrooms? He's he's totally delayed. He's I somewhere think we else. Lost, we lost Jared. No, yeah, he's on another planet. <clears throat> well, tell me. Well, let's actually jump into some of this if if you don't mind, because I missed out on Saturday, and you guys tackled a lot on Saturday. Um, but more is even happening with like Gemini, and more is even happening with what was my other note here? I made another note. Gemini suspended. Coinbase is at an all-time low. So, I mean, is there anything going on in crypto other than this right now? <laughs> is there anything else happening? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, in, in crypto, maybe not. I mean, in, in the broader tech space, there's all the layoffs that are happening, right? Meta, yeah. especially. Uh, yeah. Google, Google, I think, is the only big tech company that, that hasn't had any massive layoffs yet. And I mean, is that the story? Like Jared said the other day, uh, he popped in and was like, "Hey, you know, as the as the market mm, keeps Genesis, that's Tristan." Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, let me pull this over. What did I say, Gemini? You're right. Ge you're right, Tristan. I did say Genesis, or I said Gemini. You were right. It is Genesis. They froze payouts. They froze payments. Jared did, said, did, "Didn't Gemini freeze as well?" They might have, and they stopped. They stopped doing loans, just straight yeah, up. I, I think it was both. Both happened yeah. to both. Yeah. And I have a buddy actually, and I won't say his name, but um, he was telling me this about real estate, and I want to reflect it into crypto. He was saying, um, he he has HELOCs on several of his properties, and he said, in a market like this, when they might freeze up your loans or suddenly if you haven't withdrawn from the loan, close it out so you can't withdraw from it. He said, I go ahead and pull out the HELOC and put it in my own bank account. And then I've got a year to start investing it and make it make money, but I'm the bank when I hold it like that. And I don't think people were in that position when they were, they were looking at their loans and going, hey man, I've got all this credit that I could get from Gemini and these people and I'm suddenly getting frozen, uh, frozen out or I can't access funds. So I guess my question is this, though, that I was building towards. Jared said, um, <laughs> Jared jumps in. <laughs> Jared's having technical difficulties. It's okay. He's on the road in Vermont, and he's jumping in to say there's a lot going on in crypto. There's not crypto, bros. <laughs> and he's right. And we're investing in a lot of things, and Jay's investing in himself. Um, <laughs> but Jared did say, um, as interest wanes, like, being the voice in crypto is difficult because what else do we have to talk about other than the collapse? And though I do want to talk about FTX and kind of what's going on. We didn't get to talk about polyamory. Did you guys talk about polyamory? How? Oh, oh no, we didn't. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to ask, what is that? No, no. <laughs> so, I mean, did you read up on that, on how there was like a group home of people living together with Sam and the gal that ran... The other entity what was only like the the rumors of it and her i guess the what she she messaged about she wrote about it in in medium okay uh, yeah did you read the article no did, did she write an article she, she she i i read other people's in uh take on what she wrote in that's too funny so i guess okay we need to get into this, but <laughs> Just what you... waiting, we're waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, we didn't touch on it. We're waiting on you. So my question is this. What's your opinion of polyamory? And do you think it's newsworthy as it pertains to Sam? You know, uh, what's his name? Andrew Tate. Do you know Andrew Tate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. right now, I think, knows. Everybody. Has an opinion. Yeah, yeah. So they, they, there's this one clip of him saying, um, back in the day, the, the the wealthiest men and like the um the, you know the leaders of the community they usually had more than one wife yes and uh, it was sort of this 
this thing of like privilege and power and it shows like, yeah, I'm, I'm wealthy enough. I'm strong enough to maintain multiple families. I'm and, desirable and, enough. Yeah. And, uh, and that's sort of like gone away. And he was sort of posing the question, maybe is that something that, that we should go back to considering that we're seeing how high divorce rates are and how much, you know, uh, how tough it is to, to stay in a relationship. Maybe there, there's something there, you know, um, and, uh, and, and the, you know, maybe there could be something to it. it. It does, from the outside, it does seem like they were at least enjoying themselves and the way that she was writing about it. It seemed weird, but oh, she was like into oh. it. So <laughs> wait, wait, so wait, wait. And, and Jared, Jared says this, Jay, how are you going to reference an article you didn't read? <laughs> so, when, so when you say, when you say that she was enjoying it, did yeah. you, you said you didn't read the article. So you're talking about the rumors were saying you're right. how she spoke highly of, mm -hmm. of some polyamory. i tell you, I was speaking to a, a friend who I have a lot of respect for, and she considers herself open or poly and um and jared jared's got a response here for us that i'll read in full in just a quick second and jared you know what i don't know how your phone's working but you can always dial in with your phone we'd love to have you there too if that works or not whatever um this friend of mine is an awesome person like i see this person and i just want to hang and it's a female promoting polyamory this is not just a male talking about polygamy right this is a female talking about polyamory and I asked her once, I said, wait a minute, you're being specific about the difference between polyamory and polygamy. She says, well, polygamy is marriages with multiple partners. Um, uh, Jared says, well, let me try the phone. Is marriage with multiple partners. Polyamory is a broader context. And she started to describe polyamory. Let me ask you a question, Jay. Are you familiar with the Christian concept of agape love? Yeah. What are your knowns about it? It's like the ultimate love, like some kind of like God's love or something like that. Yeah. And what was interesting about it is that's how we teach it in the Christian church. But we're twisting a little from the Greek use of agape. The Greek use of agape. And there's a great book on this called um, The Four Loves by C.S. Lewis, the guy that wrote The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And he talks about that's Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Philadelphia love is like uh, like the city of Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia. brotherly love. Yeah, yeah it's, it's filial love. Agape love is this one. Storgi love is like the love of a parent to a child, like this protective, I will always love you no matter who you are to me. Mm -hmm. And then the other one that we're all very familiar with is eros love, erotic love, passion, lust. Agape love was a communal, community-based love. And it was this idea, and it was love. It wasn't free love, like free sex. It was, I actually care about your well-being as yeah. a person. And... As my friend is describing polyamory, she talks about the, the people that she loves, and then she mentions their paramours and how there's open communication, and everyone is in the know about everyone else's life, and there's no real secrets. And if someone is uncomfortable, they mention it, and if someone is comfortable, they mention it, but there's no like, well, I'm, I have multiple partners, and they know about each other. They just don't talk. It wasn't even like that. It was a true sharing of resources. And this is what Christians mean when they talk about agape love. And this is what my friend was mentioning as it comes to polyamory. So it sounds like what these people are describing is just like open sex. <laughs> it does, you know? yeah. It does sound like that. So Jared jumps in and says, I don't think his out-of-office activities have anything to do with his professional performance. Most of our politics come from the Greeks and Romans who were, as far as I know fairly polyamorous which is true i do agree with mm -hmm. they just didn't call it that they're right they called daily living <laughs> but i mean i think it does correlate to well it might correlate i don't know for me it's know. somehow correlated to how messy this guy's life is turning out to have been when you started hearing about this did you go oh that makes sense like what was your initial reaction when you heard some of these rumors you believe all the conspiracies, yeah. so you were like, I, I, I do. <laughs> like, if I hear a conspiracy theory, I, I, I jump into it immediately. I, <laughs> I, I don't give it a second thought. Like, ah, oh, yes, of course. Of course, aliens are involved. <laughs> but, but did it make you approve or disapprove of any? Did it move the needle on anything, on your opinion? Of, of him? No. I, 
I mean, if, if I think if that's what he wanted to do, uh, that's probably fine. And it, he seemed to, th- from what I've heard about it, they seem to at least been going about it with, you know, there was some kind of boundary, some kind of rules that they were thinking about. It wasn't just sort of like happenstance, right? They didn't jump into it. Yeah, the world <laughs> is flat, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> and ETH is going to zero. <laughs> do you, wait, wait, you don't really believe the earth is flat. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> no, no moon landing either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got people in my life that really do believe these these things. But I've flown in an airplane, right? Like, mm-hmm. and like the world's not flat, flat, right? Like you're you're joking, right? I just got to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be clear for the audience. Like, who are these clowns? That's too funny, man. Well, so the fears of crypto, I have an article up over here from the NPR. Fears of crypto contagion are spreading. Coinbase. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this? No, what's happening with Coinbase? Are they They're running the all time, as well? All-time low, $42 a share. I'm going to buy some. Oh, the, the share price? Yeah. But I, I feel like that, that, isn't that, isn't that what's happening in the broader market though? And, and all tech price? Places down at the moment. So now I think I think almost you're right. And so chicken or the egg. I mean, we talked a few weeks ago, and you mentioned how like this was the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And it was the bridge between. It was an entity that bridged between crypto and tradfi. Um, so is this is this actually dragging it down further? Is it just dragging fears down further? Like, or is just tech down? And this is actually. The fruit, not the root. Yeah. Um, it's like correlation, but not causation. Mm. You know, it, the, there's there are broader things happening in the economy, interest rates, you know, mm-hmm. certain parts of the world are at war, um, mm-hmm. food prices, inflation, all that stuff. And just general uncertainty. And, and at the same time, you, there are people who are out there who are like actively trying to work against the general population. Like one thing, I don't remember if Jared and I talked about this on Saturday, but I thought it was interesting. After the last interest rate rise from the Fed, Chairman Jerome Powell was basically saying that one of the major things that they're going to be looking at is unemployment. Mm-hmm. And um, if unemployment doesn't rise, then they'll continue to increase interest rates. Uh, and then all of a sudden, the big tech's response was still, let's fire 10% of our, our workforce. Oh. Let's, let's, oh. let's work on that unemployment number for Jerome and see if we can get him to change his mind. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So real quick, Jared says, uh, I think if you were a family man, if Sam Bankman-Fried were a family man like Madoff he, and still ran a Ponzi scheme, it doesn't matter. Once you steal billions, there's just no coming back from that. Yeah, even if you were a good family man. Tristan says Hollow Earth. <laughs> the hollow the Earth. Ho- that's that's kind of that that is an interesting to think about, you know. Have you um, looked I'm into like, Hollow Earth? No, but it recently I came across this like documentary about I forget where, but like these underground cities that people are tunneled. Oh yeah. Tunneled out cities are like deep underground. I thought I was in Colorado, cool. that's where the wealth, that's the wealthy arc, right? That's where how the wealthy will survive the next apocalypse is like the cities dug in the, in the mountains. In oh, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't they call it the arc? I think they do. do and they? then, and then Tristan uh, adds, or is this the first step of the longer term play of the world economic forum? Oh, is the man. world economic forum, the one with the 2030 agenda? Are you familiar with the 2030 agenda? I mean, what's, what's 20, the 2030 agenda is a very publicly known, um, a gameplay for the prosperity and well-being of, um, I put that in air quotes for the listeners, prosperity and well-being of people, but a lot of folks believe it's just them marketing their control of us. Uh, so it's definitely, it's definitely been dragged into the conspiracy world. And I think it's the W, the World Economic Forum, if I'm not mistaken. More than likely, well, yeah. Well, let's get a real comment from Jared here. Tech is just down. Everything is down. Donuts are down. <laughs> And donut shops are down. Coinbase is the donut shop. Crypto is the donut in this analogy. Coinbase needs to figure out how move its how to move how to move its revenue away from crypto fees 
or it will be a long road ahead. They did. They are. They are trying to do this to his point. So are you on Coinbase at all? No, I got off of Coinbase like pre-pandemic. Yeah. So they have, um, I'm on it as kind of my onboarding investment. Like all of my initial investments start. Where do you, where do you do your initial purchases? Well, no, you don't do much crypto purchases. If I, if I buy anything, I buy Ethereum. I forget what the name of the company is that I buy it through, but like in Canada, you can do like this thing where you can email money from your bank account to wherever. And there's this, this company that accepts it. Interesting. Okay. So I still use Coinbase as, as a large part of my onboarding. So if I have cash to put into crypto, it enters there largely for two reasons. The tax forms are supremely easy, but they also launched Coinbase one to Jared's point. Coinbase is saying he's on Coinbase still. That would be. Yeah, Jared, good question. Let us know if you're still on Coinbase. That would be interesting. I think he was mostly in, in BlockFi, but I'm unsure. But Coinbase has Coinbase one, which is a monthly subscription model to, to, to have an income stream, but not associated with trading fees. Um, but it's, well, just like a membership model. It's like a SaaS membership software. So you don't, that, pay, you don't pay trading fees. You just pay you a membership don't, fee. That, yes. That's interesting. That's, That's a correct. cool take on it. Yeah. And, but guess how much it is? What do you, what would you be willing to pay? Oh, who is it? Is it aimed at me? I'm asking you. Yeah. Yeah. What would you be willing oh, to pay? I might pay a hundred bucks. Okay. Well, that's more than most people. So I, so it's 30 American, 30 mm. US. And I thought, uh, do I trade that much? I have to look at my fees. Now, if I look at my fees, because moving money into Coinbase is free, converting like from Bitcoin to Cardano is free because they're all pseudo accounts. They're not really. What's up, Jamali? They're not real exchange accounts. Um, but when I move money out of Coinbase to like KuCoin or to my ledger, that's not free. So I have yeah. to look to see if those fees um, uh, are there. There's but the fee when, when you switch, right? Like if you go from Bitcoin to Ethereum, there's a fee. Not in Coinbase. Um, really? Because because it's, I think. Oh, because, trying, it's, because of the liquidity that they have? Is that it? You could argue that, but it's, it's actually pseudo. It's a pseudo account. You don't have an actual Bitcoin account. You have a pseudo account. Mm-hmm. And so what that means is it doesn't incur any exchange fees to actually exchange it. Like in terms of hard cost, there's no real um, minting fee or any of that that's going on because you're literally just saying, could I swap this for this? And it doesn't cost Coinbase anything to do that. So like, and I do this like every other week. Like every other week, I'll, I'll, I'll buy as Cardano and then I'll swap Cardano for Bitcoin, Ethereum, and like I start to distribute it from there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that swap doesn't cost me anything. It's when I move it out of Coinbase to like a Cardano wallet. Like if I move it to a YoRoy um, or a NAMI wallet for Cardano, or if I move it to KuCoin, then that exchange does cost. Um, so I, I just have to do like a like a cost benefit analysis on on what yeah. uh, and what that is. So Jared says the globe is down, interest rates are on the rise. It's all just correlated. Okay, I'm down. I got you there. Also, the new prime minister of the UK is heavily pushing their CBDC releases. Mm-hmm. Tristan, could you drop a link to that? Have you heard anything about this, Jay? No, I actually haven't heard much about him either. So it's I, good to. I was just thinking that I, I, I knew that he was like, he's like super wealthy. Apparently he's wealthier than the queen. Yeah. Than the, than the I didn't family. hear that. Yeah. yeah. It's like super, super wealthy. And so it's got you, got you thinking like, I wonder if this is going to be good or bad. He may very well be like the, the wealthiest uh, leader, um, not nation state leader that, that we've had in a long time. So this could either be very good or very bad. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like he could either be very deft at managing the role or he could yeah. be very deft at oppressing people one or the other. Um, and Jared, and Jared jumps in and says, with me not there on the line, Jay's conspiracy theories have more room to fly. <laughs> is, <laughs> is this commentary on Grant? Probably. Um, Jared, and then he also does confirm that he is on Coinbase. Jamarley says, hey. Oh, boom. Jamarley, keep missing the show. You're not missing it today, man. And then Jared's last comment. I want to discuss this today, but I have a whole roadmap for crypto that talks about how 2023 will be a zombie year. 
Um, talk to me about the zombie, I, or did you I, and Jared talk about this? Did we? Maybe not. But I feel like you know how after 2017, the crash at at the end of 2017, how everything just sort of just sort of flatlined for like a year and a half. I feel like the same thing is going to happen. It just when when things crash, it just sucks all the air out, and then everyone moves yes. on to something else, and then eventually we come back to crypto. Like, oh, oh by the way, cryptocurrency is here. Let's see what's going on over there. There was. You know, and to correlate with that, um, I, I've mentioned this several times on the show. In 2015, 2016, we, put, we took our time. We put together a high-end crypto course called Smart Crypto Coach. We brought in a whole production company, the whole deal, and it was a really good course. And we went to Bitcoin Miami, and that was phenomenal. Had a lot of good re reception to Bitcoin Miami. And we came back, and that week, Google and Facebook announced no more ads on crypto mm, and then and then it went into crypto winter and then it was dead we did not sell a single course mm -hmm. because of that zombie year so i i, I could have easily imagined that you're right jared i want more about your roadmap though because what we're here to do is also give people hope because i mean jeff jumps in and i can't tell if jeff has given oh, me a little shit up, here jeff? Uh, but I, he said I just saw his name like I, I got i actually have some stuff with jeff i'm gonna send them to him okay so maybe he's just all. messing but he said, listening to you, is it any surprise we're a long way off from mass adoption? I'm not sure if that's a deep thing, but I got love for you. But you're right. We are a long way off from mass adoption. And I don't know. Did you see my comment in our WhatsApp about me talking to Jason Lemkin? Mm -mm. So, Jason, so Jason Lemkin, I'm a, I'm a fanboy of Jason Lemkin on Twitter. He is the founder of Saster uh, and that software as a service, the Saster Pod um, Expo. He has created several unicorns himself. He's a venture capitalist himself, and he has the best material on founders and founder money. It's huge. And he posed a question that blew me away this weekend. And he posed a question. He said, okay, folks, for the first time, I'm actually diving into crypto and why retail traders got taken advantage of. And I was like, wait a minute. What if, like, this guy to me is like intelligent. He's sharp. I don't know what his opinion of crypto has been, but the fact that he's only just now diving in, and he said, I spent the last two weeks studying, but I want to know like why retail traders got taken advantage of. And so what's your best exchange? And only a handful of people responded. And I was like, oh my gosh. So uh, Jeff here is talking about mass adoption. And I, there's a thought I have that correlates from what Jeff was, was saying to what Jason Lemkin was asking. But before I go into that, what, should, what would you answer to Jason Lemkin, Jay, of saying, why, from someone who obviously is only just now putting their toe in the water, but is a high-end venture capitalist, mm -hmm. what would you say to them <clears throat> about why retail traders got taken advantage of? And he's, he's reflecting on FTX specifically. Why, why retailers got taken uh, I think FTX, yeah. there was this, this feeling uh, among traders that people were making money at, at FTX versus Binance and Coinbase. So it's like, it's almost like, um, like if, if, if you've got like your favorite bookie or something, or, you yeah. know, you like, you, you keep going back to them cause it's lucky or, you know, you're sitting at the slot machines and there's this one, one of them is yeah. really hot. You're just going to stick with it and write it out. That seems to be what had, what was happening. And everybody thought that they can make a lot of money at FTX versus the others, and they yeah. died. They they dove in. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that. And and Jared's floating around. So Jared, if you have thoughts, please feel free to dictate them. Uh, and Jeff, Je uh, Jeff, <laughs> I'm teasing more than anything. Jeff, Jeff says he's not messing around. He's just commenting on how complicated the whole process has been. <laughs> and Tristan's bio festival of one hundred. Okay. Well, I don't think it was, and here's why. This yeah. is what I this is what I started in on with Jason Lemkin, and I'm going to record a video, which is probably why I'm asking because I'm I'm going to get feedback, and I'm going to try to send him a summary in two minutes or less. And he and I have talked back and forth in the past on Twitter, and I've got a lot of respect for who he is, but he's like a big dog in the venture capital world, and I've just been a big fan for a long time. I told him this: I said venture capitalists were the problem, and here's what happened. This is wave three of retail crypto buyers. Wave one was the OGs who were having to code DOS 
to mine crypto like huh. back like back on in 2011 when i first bought crypto i yeah. still had to open up a trading screen just what? to mine my own stuff so i, was I, sitting I remember that stuff i i hated yeah. those days that was, that was hated it <laughs> but i was sitting on crypto i had some ethereum i've lost i think i've lost dozens of ethereum just because i couldn't remember i didn't know the importance of keys or any of that like it didn't make sense that was way one <laughs> and those people lost a ton of money and then watched it dip but they were still holding out. Then wave two, like we're talking 2015, 2016 came out and it was peaking again. But then, then everyone went for their Lambos and they, they also either held too long and now they're still sitting on stuff that's deflated yes. or they sold low because mm -hmm. out of fear. So a whole second wave of retail traders uh, got fleeced. Robinhood came out with its yeah. sticky ability to buy crypto with no fees. Coinbase rolled out. Good evening, Allison. What's we, up, hope Allison? Doing, uh, we're, we hope you're doing great. Um, I'd love to help you with that video and share some ideas. Jared, yeah, let's hop on a call later because the three of us could probably come up with something awesome for this guy. Um, uh, and then um, Tristan says, massive hype and using the mob mentality. I think this is true, but here's what happened. Hmm. Everyone in crypto is sitting on some form of a bag. Yes. I was sitting on Shiba. Shiba. And then suddenly Elon was like, Shiba oh, to the moon. Doge. And, or Doge. <laughs> yeah. I made a ton of money on Doge because yeah. someone validated it to the public. Mm -hmm. So what happened with FTX and why did so many people get fleeced there? Hey. Because those of us who are holding bags, the only thing we believe in the tech, we believe in the philosophy, we believe in the, in the social paradigm shift. All we need is someone to validate this in the public eye. And it will then go to the moon and will be justified with the bags we're holding. So venture capitalists mm -hmm. come along. They make a website called FTX or crypto.com. There's no innovation. It's yeah. not even a DEX. It's just a set. That is true. There was no innovation at all. But it, it had VC money, so it looked legit. And it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, we know crypto's legit. And, and that full faith came in, and, and I think money then flooded these, these um, centralized exchanges. But no one has done the homework on how to manage them. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Allison. Jarrett's not on the screen. He's floating in the comments. He's having trouble with his connection, as I did. You guys are going to be my best friends if you're all still sitting on bags of coins. We all <laughs> Jay, yeah. are you holding anything at this I point? I got a small bag. I got a I got a small bag of uh, of hex waiting to see if that ever pans out. <laughs> I haven't met a single real person that's holding hex. I, I did not know that about you. I've been yeah, thinking about it because yeah, that, that guy's happens. a that guy's a flake ball, but I like I mean I like his tone, man. If, he's, he's if a, it works out, I'm I'm make sure I'm I'm there for it, you know what I mean? <laughs> Allison, he's up in Vermont uh, and having some internet issues. And uh, Jared says, I'm still sitting on coins. And just a, a question to everyone, including those who are piping in. What's yeah. the most obscure coin you're sitting on that you just refuse to ditch, but you hope it goes to the moon, some altcoin or something like that? Oh, you know what I have that I think I'm going to keep forever? And what's up, Victor? I see Victor popped in. I'm yeah. going to keep. Well, you do you remember? I think it was called SOS coin or something like that. Do you remember what? when OpenSea just got popular? There was a coin where everybody got an airdrop if you had ever bought anything on OpenSea. I do remember this. This was through like ENS or it was through the Ethereum MetaMask or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, yeah. I still have that. I'm holding <laughs> that. I'm only like, y'all. Someone's going to come with that. For those listening, Jared is giving Jay crap from afar. He says, OMG, Jay, we're going to have to do an intervention on your holdings. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay, Victor says the ones he's been holding out longest is XMR and ARRR. Mm -hmm. So fun fact on this, I was using um, Hashminer. Brian, what's up, uh, buddy? Oh, Cardano. Yeah, Brian jumps in. I know. Dude, Brian, you and me, I will hold Cardano until I am in the grave. I don't even know why. And, and then they just launched Minerva. Was it? No, it's called Midnight. Did you see this? Their identity token? No. What's an identity token? Well, no, it's not an identity token. Let me rephrase that. They're launching a chain, another like Cardano-based chain for identity. And this has been on the roadmap for Cardano since like the beginning. 
because Cardano was was about this. Cardano was from the beginning, it, it acknowledged the fact that no matter how much we want decentralization, we're going to have to accept a form of regulation and centralization. And we're going to have to give regulators, FBI, all of these people certain. <laughs> George says, not a, not a shitcoin Matic. And then someone says, I have a Deutsch, I have Deutsch marks in my piggy bank. <laughs> nice. Keep that's actually, <laughs> that's right. Uh, you know what? I keep looking at um, some gold Rugerands, uh, Krugerands, Krugerands, uh, because apparently German gold and Australian gold are still the purest gold coins uh, out there. Victor oh. says, looks rare. Gas. And is WTF a coin, I assume? Maybe I should know. I uh, don't know. <clears throat> were there looks but, rare coins? Oh, yeah, there were looks, looks rare yeah. coins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I will, I'll hold my, um, on, on Hashminer, Hashminer was one of these like CPUs and you could put the app on your phone and all of your devices and it would aggregate CPU usage for mining. You get fractional uh, blocks and stuff. I had, I had a Monero XMR on there and then I had Litecoin. I made some money. I did make some money on Litecoin. Um, it's actually looking appealing right now. I don't know if you saw, but it's up 18% over the last seven days while everything is crashing. Oh, is that like Robinhood? That, that's the only reason I can think of Litecoin being that high is because it's on Robinhood. <laughs> well, so back to this real quick. So thoughts on Cardano's new privacy coin. So, and again, Brian, I think you're cued in a little bit on here and Jira poses a question. So if you have something to add, please do let us know. You know, she do. You know what? I'm going to start following Victor's trades. I, I, I really am. Victor, do you have a text that goes out? I would subscribe to a Victor text on your trades. I really would because it's amazing. But anyways, this privacy coin, Jay, is, it's basically, oh, got family, sorry. It's basically the token that will allow users to have everything private on the Cardano line that they want. And then like we've been talking with we'll soul tokens and whatnot, you can set it. And then the public, this is the token that like the FBI institutions, the public will have access to, and it'll be a, almost a gateway token if I'm understanding it correctly. So you'll this be is running- the new Cardano coin? Okay. Yeah. And they, they've been trying to play well with institutions while still maintaining the privacy you want to maintain for a long time they've been doing that uh jared says i own ether entity which is tied to its nft trading platform what is he even talking about <laughs> like i guess e it's like eternity but e eternity okay. yeah eternity it's currently at 185 it's all-time high was 67 now now jared are Jeez. you doubling down are you gonna know. buy more <laughs> it's is it gonna go back up that, that's <laughs> that, the real question. Well, in the interest, uh, hold hold on. <laughs> I should have listened to you guys a long time ago. Instead of buying NFTs that hang on my whole. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, Allison, this is an interesting question that I've always wondered about you. Have you been in crypto since the NFT craze, or were you in before when we were just doing altcoins uh, and uh, and the like, and Jared, Jared drops the link here for eternity.io. So we'll check that out. Now, my question about all of you holding these altcoins is this, and Jay, this goes to you too. Do you believe in the altcoin enough that it's at its all time low that you would actually buy more? Uh, I think some stuff is going to go up. Um, like I'm, I'm looking at Litecoin right now and what, and like, it's been pumping the last, last four weeks or so. So that's kind of cool. Some stuff is, is definitely going to go back up. It's, I guess it's, it's whenever you're investing, it's always about time horizon, right? Like, are you yeah. going to be able to stay in long enough for it to get back to where it was? Yeah. And that's the thing that you're not sure about is how long is it going to take to get back to that all time high? Well, and, and is it just going to survive? Does it have the juice? I mean, Wonderland didn't, it was low enough that they could that the treasury funds couldn't afford to keep the team on to keep the development going, and so it just implodes. Um, Victor says, "Sorry, guys, I don't have a text, but he is following Alex Becker. I have followed Alex Becker a little bit. He's a good YouTuber. Have you followed Alex Becker at all? No, he's a YouTube trader. That up right now. He was doing a lot of gaming tokens for a while, which I'm down with. Uh, Victor says, "I'm in Cardano, yeah, buddy, and." <laughs> 
I'm rebalancing right now, but lowering my, my average buys. And that's all I'm doing for the public so that you all know. I am reducing by dollar cost averaging every single week. In fact, I'm about to do, I think this would be an interesting You're use. reducing the amount that you invest every week? Is that what you're saying? No, no, reducing my dollar cost average. What does that mean? So like if I bought a token at 100 bucks this week, mm -hmm. and next week I buy it at 50 bucks, what's my average? I bought two for 150, so my average is 75. But you're not doing that on purpose. I am. That's, oh. you, you do that on purpose because if you buy at an all-time high or, and not even at an all-time high, let's say you just bought Bitcoin because you were interested in it at 20K. Well, let's say, let's go back. It's at 60K. So mm -hmm. you, let's say you actually spent, let's just say you spent 60K and then you watch it tank. Everyone's crying in their milk. Why do I love it going down? Because if I now buy one more Bitcoin at 20K, 20K plus 60K is 80K, but I've got two of them, so my average is 40K. So it only has to recover to 40K for me to you know, win. No, that's good. I get you. So see that, you that's... Yeah. Oh, see you, Jeff. Thanks for stopping by, bud. I appreciate you, man. Um, but oh, how, I how, how are you doing this on purpose, though? You Okay, like, like how do you do it tactically? Yeah, because I... You buy weekly it, or monthly or quarterly. You have a, you have a regular rhythm. This is what this is what this is what buying the S and P five hundred for your investment is. Mm -hmm. Is you you let's just say you allocate a hundred bucks a month or two hundred bucks a month or ten grand a month. If you buy the same dollar amount or yeah. more, so like in in Jared's example, um, and where's Jared's example up here? One dollar, right? So like, there's a concept called doubling down. So on one hand, I could spend a hundred dollars this month, and let's just use Jared's example at sixty seven bucks. Let's just call it 60 for even numbers. And now it's down to $2. Let's just say I bought $60 worth at the beginning. I only got one. If I bought $60 worth now, I'd get 30. Yeah. 30 plus one is 31. Mm -hmm. What's my dollar cost average? So they, that's what, when traders say doubling down, they believe in the thing enough that it's going to recover. So I guess that's my question is, is all these altcoins that people are holding do they believe in them enough that they're tanking? Or are you going to double down? Oh, I get what you're saying. Okay, so you want the math to sort of like work out in your favor. Yeah, and so how you're doing it is you, is you just buy, instead of buying chunks, like if, like if we sold a property, I, I usually do like these equity events in our life. When a property sells, I allocate it. Most of it goes into property, but the next chunk goes into debt, and, but then a big chunk goes into crypto. Well, I don't put the whole chunk into crypto. I slice off like a quarter of it, buy a bunch more, and then I wait for it to adjust. Now, here's how this works in your favor. What if the coin goes back up? If I spend $100 every single month and the coin goes up, I might be getting less bang for my buck, but I'm keeping my dollar cost average down. So I'm using time in my favor and discipline to not trade emotionally. Mm. That's the, that's, it's tough to do. <clears throat> Victor's saying he does the same thing with NFTs, which is something new that I've never heard about. I don't know. It is a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious on how, well, yes. Oh, that's Jarrett's comment. So where's Victor's comment on NFTs? Hold on, I'm getting down there. Oh, the last one. There we go. Victor says, in NFTs, it's the same, but the downside is way more because of ETH going down. This is why, mm -hmm. I, Victor, this is literally why I did not enter the NFT game with dollar cost averaging because I was concerned about this because not only does the is the perceived value of the item higher or lower as the community proves whether or not it's going to deliver any value, but then the value of the underlying asset in this case Ethereum if it's OpenSea or Polygon, <clears throat> and then Jarrett jumps in and says, "I'm also doing this to sweep I floors." Know. I didn't know Jarrett was buying NFTs. Me neither. Yeah, well, I'd like to know. Own, I, I didn't know that at all. No. Well, he owns some of these membership NFTs, like Journey, uh, Journey Pass, and stuff like that. But like, there's not many. There's not many crypto floors I'm looking at that I believe in their future. That I would. That I would buy. How about, but, how about Yuga Labs? Where, where's Yuga Labs? What's the what's the place? Their floor is right still now? like sixty. Are you talking about the coin? The coin. Yeah. What? Oh, because they got in trouble with the SEC because of the coin, right? Um. You know what? I don't know what's going on with the coin. I was looking earlier. Hang on. Let's look at coin market cap and bring that up. Yeah. Uh, ApeCoin. Because I still hold a bunch of ApeCoin. 
but I, yeah, I bought ApeCoin. Um, but their floor on their NFT is a little different. ApeCoin is at 320. Actually, it's up a little bit um, compared to what it was. Um, I had some at $9 and at $6 and I just didn't buy again. Um, yet Brian says, oh, I got jumped there. Brian says, it must be a great time to buy NFTs if you know what you're doing. That's huge. Oh, oh. This is interesting. World of women NFTs. So this was a big one mm -hmm. that does a lot of female empowerment. And so Jared, now that you say that, <laughs> now that you say that, that makes a little bit of sense. I think Yuga Labs, I think the floor is still like for board apes. I'm talking out of the side of my mouth, but I think it was like 60 ETH still, which is huge. And I think punks are a little more affordable. And I think other side, other side is more affordable. Other side I'm very curious about. Real quick, uh, Allison says, she's actually a newbie. I wanted to call this out because people can get started at any age, any time, and anywhere in the world with crypto. No, I'm a newbie. Only came to Web3 a year ago. Didn't know one Web3 word until then. And Allison, I'm going to echo what uh, Jarrett says here. I'd jump on a call with you anytime just to talk shop. I know Jay would meet you anytime just to talk sure. shop to keep the dream alive. Jeff bailed out. I'm going back through the comments here. Um, Jared says he's buying coins at cheaper prices intentionally to lower your dollar buy-in. I'm avidly doing that right now. And, and Jay, to, to bring clarity to this too, when the market's down, if you're a dollar cost average person like me, like I'm describing, mm -hmm. the question I ask people, are you willing to double down? When it's down like this, you, you look at your, your cash pot and you go, do, how much do I really believe in this thing? Because if I really believed in it, I might've been spending a hundred dollars a month, but it's so low. If I bought 200 a month, it would drive my dollar cost average down even further. You can see how the math works. Yeah. I think that's when you get into the gambling, you know, like that's when you get out of the, the discipline of it. Well, if, if you act on that and don't believe in it, I mean, in your bones, like for me, I mean, Warren Buffett doesn't just, when I say believe in it, I don't mean like my gut tells me. <laughs> I mean, no, I've done my homework on Cardano and they're, roll, they're, they're, they're continuing to roll out. Here's the relationships or a mm -hmm. ripple. It's believably <laughs> enough. Like lots of people believed in BitConnect. BitConnect. I didn't know that? anything about BitConnect. I don't remember anything about <laughs> what was <laughs> I, I, I just kind of like vaguely remember it from, from years ago. But like now that FTX is going down, the memes of the, the guy, I forget what his name is, the guy from the BitConnect. Um, I don't remember conference. this. I don't remember oh, this at all. What, so BitConnect was like this huge uh, Ponzi scheme, uh, crypto Ponzi scheme. I mean, and I knew it was a Ponzi. I just don't remember the marketing or this guy that was hyping it. Oh, uh, and he was just like a, he was just like a regular investor, just like me and you, but he, really? and he didn't even make that much. Like at the time I, like I've listened to his speech since then and yeah. him talking about his life and how it changed. He maybe made like $60,000 and they invited him. They were in Asia somewhere. They invited him up on stage to tell his story. And he was just the most animated guy that you could oh imagine. Oh my gosh. And it's like. And everybody is cheering and he becomes like their, their ringleader or whatever. I have never seen you that animated ever. That, that was worth its weight in gold, man. So, so, so that everybody knows if you're listening, um, Victor just dropped a link to an NFT line that he's really pumped about. Um, so you'll have to go into the comments on LinkedIn and grab that link and check that out. That would be huge. Um, and then Brian comments to Jared and says, that's a good shout out about World of Women NFT, I think is what he's referring to. <clears throat> um, Allison. Oh, Allison. Dude, if I had a swag bomb, I'd send it to you. Allison says she was promoting us in a tweet um, regarding Bankless because she loves what we're sharing here. Um, oh, thank you, Allison. And Bankless that's is huge. pretty cool too. I'm, I'm a fan of the Bankless podcast I am. and what they got going on over there. I, well, you know, one of my core values is education. If you can't tell because of the show, right? Like I love education and Bankless has gone out of its way. They have a DAO that's working. In fact, Jarrett and I, Crypto Bushi has done a lot of work for the Bankless DAO and their community management. But then they also have their podcast, you know, is on point. They're talking to mainstream. I think they just interviewed Tim Ferriss this week, didn't they? 
Yeah. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Jared says the Mutant 8 Yacht Club is around 60 ETH, which is cheap because it was up to much higher in ETH when ETH was even higher per coin, which he's right. I think I recall Mutant Apes were going for like 120 ETH at one point, and ETH at the time was like 3 or 4K. So you're totally right. Gambling, uh, and, and this I do agree with, gambling is with leverage 50X. Otherwise, it's not. Well, it's not high enough. Well, that, yeah, 50x is, is a bit high. Um, oh, uh, Allison, the, the BitConnect guy, his name is, I just looked at his name is Kalos Matos. Oh, man, that's going to become a meme. We should have that somewhere. We need to feature that. We should, I'll tell you what, we should find this guy and bring him on the show. He's, he's along. Like recently, he came back into the headlines because. Maybe this wasn't easy. Maybe this was a couple of years ago. But he came back into the headlines after the BitConnect crash. Interesting. Because he bought a brand new Tesla. Oh, my and gosh. And all the people who lost their shirts in BitConnect, they got pissed off at him because he bought a Tesla and, like, he made a video about he put it on social media. And, you know, lots of people lost their life savings and oh, that BitConnect mess. So Tesla doesn't seem like much, but it, it pissed off the internet, boy. That's funny. Victor says, Grant, are you doing leverage? Victor, I have experimented with leverage. I have not put enough money in leverage to lose my shirt when some of these things got called. I, as a practice, do not do leverage on anything I don't understand 100%. For example, I leverage real estate. Obviously, I'd never leverage a car. Um, in crypto, I've been running my YouTube channel on crypto, was running a lot of experiments. I'm doing a lot of lending experiments. I've done some borrowing experiments and I have yet to make a dime on leverage. That probably speaks to my skill on research, knowing what to, what to do spreads on and, and what to actually buy. But no, I haven't done much leverage and I am under the impression you have done uh, very well uh, on that. What is, what is he saying? Jay, you got hex in 2028 oh, or heck. when? Oh, when? 2018. I haven't had it that long, maybe like two years. The, the hex thing is is one what do you those, like about it i like the guy like i, I listen to his podcast what, what's his name i'm forgetting his name now. i always forget his name yeah i listen to his podcast and and he's pretty animated i i think he he's he's a cool character he's a good crypto character yeah but it, it's like that's one of those times where i think i was gambling as well like i heard about it as a tip from someone I was like oh you should get some hex and i got some i had like $500 worth and then it turned into a thousand dollars and I'm like okay I'm gonna double down you got another thousand and now it's worth mm. like, oh, well now it's worth like $70 so yeah man I have plenty of those bad things <laughs> but I, I mean the hex is possible I mean I just think he's the only one shouting it out the thing about Cardano is that I mean there's a whole community shouting Cardano it's not just Charles the thing about the hex guy is I don't hear anyone hyping hex except the hex guy you know what I'm saying? Real quick, yeah. Allison's got a great question. And then, Brian, I do want to get to your question because I also think it's it's greatly valuable, both of these. Um, but Allison says, I have a question. Is there a way that someone can buy crypto without a bank account? If we talk about the bankless, I don't yet understand how people engage in crypto without a bank account. What do you say to that, Jay? Yeah, I don't think you can. I'll, not unless you're like... It's like hand to hand, like in person. Oh, I guess if you have, a, if you go to like a Bitcoin ATM, you got cash. Yeah, Allison and, and Jarrett would be phenomenal for this. And Jarrett, make a note. The three of us should probably do a show on just this. And, and maybe you could take a break from FTX for a while and just talk about this other stuff that really matters. Allison, in practice, <clears throat> um, it's not practical, but it is possible to do crypto without a bank account. Um, you're in the UK, if I don't, if I recall correctly, um, for people in those, you know, developed countries or first world countries or the, the global north, as Jarrett would remind me to say, um, we probably can't do crypto without a bank account in all honesty, not because it's not possible, but because it doesn't fit our lifestyle. I would present for your consideration that a lot of people in the global south or third world countries or underdeveloped or developing countries, depending on how you want to refer to it, <laughs> if you are in the street and you just open up, uh, let's say you just get an Ethereum address and you have a browser and you have a MetaMask wallet, in theory, 
someone could send you Ether and you could have it. And now you're in crypto with no bank account. What you're asking could just be that. And that's how you give bankless. That's how the bankless can be banked. And this is honestly Cardano's vision. But the question then becomes, how do I buy milk? Or how do I do, how do I buy gas? Or how do I send my kids to college with that sort of banking system? And it's very difficult to do. And so you can do it. And I would, I'd be willing to bet that people in those developed countries or developed world, I'm willing to bet those people actually probably have a grasp better of yeah. how to utilize crypto without a bank account because they might barter in the street and say, hey, I got these chickens, send me. They did this in Nigeria. I'm sure we talked about this once, Jay about they were exchanging cell phone minutes. Yes. yes and so yes. it's like, so they're used to saying, well, here, take my cell phone minutes and then give me a ride down to the market. So they're kind of used to these sorts of like on the cuff exchanges, Allison, that are possible. But I think for people like us, we, we prefer actually fiat currency. And I know that, you know, if Jarrett would hear, he'd raise a red flag and go, Grant's a walking red flag when he says things like that. I remember, <laughs> I remember Paxful, crypto. Oh, also, I got a buddy in El Salvador, and he was telling me that there are lots of like small companies that have popped up to facilitate yeah. those transactions for yeah. you. And, and, you know, I have a good Indi East Indian buddy from Kerala in, in the Western India, and he's a good buddy of mine. And we were talking about this. And one thought we had, because at, uh, Modi at one point cut off all Christian organizations from sending donations. Yes. And then they and we were crypto. Yeah, they had to use crypto. And so I was thinking, what if we actually bought a bunch of people, a bunch of trikes, tricycles, literal tricycles, gave them cash reserves to go get cash, like a cash box, receive Cardano and give them cash in exchange. And so what, what American companies could then do is send Stellar, XLM, or Cardano, ADA, to them. And then what? how do they buy gas? Well, they go find these little trikes. We would own both ends of the transaction. They would get served and we would basically be creating wealth on transaction fees. And, and then like there's a big risk of them riding around on tricycle with cash, obviously. Mm -hmm. But then you come up with an app where someone orders a certain amount of cash. And so the cash is never like for that one transaction is with the carrier, but doesn't, the, they don't walk around with a big lockbox full of cash. But you're right, there's a bunch of little pop-up ideas and kiosks that are doing that. And then Brian even mentions payment cards, Revolut. Revolut. Mm -hmm. I'm not so familiar in, with this. Big in but... the British, uh, in the in EU. Uh, I think it's like a, almost like an online bank. Interesting. So Allison, there are ways if for, for people that are on a mission to help the bankless get around. And honestly, Jared's dream of getting off the fiat standard, right? Like if we could get people off fiat, the best place to start would be people in these worlds who don't have a bank account. Let's just get them a crypto account. Let's let them and empower them to actually get daily goods. And then they'll never have to have a bank account. And then Jared, um, we missed his comment here just a moment ago. Yes, they can use fiat and put it into a BTC ATM, which are popping up more and more popularly. Um, Going back on some of these comments. You want to go back uh, to, to Brian's question? The Ethereum yes. Yep. Question? Yeah, yeah. Tackle. It's a, what do you think, It's Jay? a good question because I know like back in the day when, when mm -hmm. Vitalik was initially raising money for Ethereum, the way that they went about it was purposely done so that they could avoid being classified as a security with the SEC. So they've mm -hmm. been thinking about it since the very beginning. Yeah. Now, whether or not that's enough for the SEC it's still to be seen, but yeah, um, it's, that's at least the direction that they seem to be heading in. Yeah. And I think, I think the conversation is getting more and more nuanced and grateful and I'm thankful for it. Right. Like, um, that with every case, the definition of a security expands. Now, I don't think, I don't think this will rise and fall on the definition of a security. Like, what, who cares if, if Ethereum or anything gets listed as a security? Well, in America, and I think also the UK and North America, what that means is you have to be an accredited investor to get in early. So you get sucked into those rules and then the yeah. taxes on it are a bit different. But I think 
sooner than I, I think the the fire around something being listed as a security is dwindling. I think the bigger fear is how will any of digital currencies, digital assets begin to be not listed as securities, but still taxed and regulated. So I'm less worried about it being listed as security these days. Um, but I, my guess is this, Brian, if I could just answer your question, there's George Pate. Good morning, George, George. or good afternoon, good evening, good night, wherever you're at. <laughs> my guess is this, Ethereum will get a pass. I think Ethereum will make its case over time that it is a, uh, a software and that I Ethereum, like that. I, yeah, I mean, I think Ethereum well, itself, go ahead. Do, do, do you think it'll pass the, uh, what's the, the test? Victor's going to know the, the name of the test that they use. Oh, it's like the George, um, something. But it, yeah, it's like a normal it, guy's it, name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's basically like when you invest money into this thing, do you have in mind that you're going to get some kind of financial return as a result? And it, I think that's how I think of Ethereum. I mean, regardless of it being of whether or not Ethereum is a software and it's, it's coin is actually a token or, or whatever the cases. When I buy Ethereum, I expect money back. Well. I don't, I think that's, that's only one yeah, that, of that's the, the Howie test. Howie Thank test. you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I, I think, I think the Howie test isn't just about getting something in return. I, I think, I think it's beyond that. And maybe George, George, uh, George might be able to correct me on this. Uh, and Brian might be able to correct me on this. The Howie test also, I think, alludes to not just a, a return. And by return, it's not a value exchange. There's, there it is right there. It's not just a value exchange. Like that would mean that every time I buy an Apple, my cash is a security and maybe it is and maybe it isn't. I think what it is, is it's an expectation of return as in what's my ROI. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, there's a type of ownership involved in that thing. So a stock is the most obvious. When I have a stock of Apple, not only is there an expectation of return and ROI, but I also have voting rights on that thing. Now, this is weird because of how nodes work and how, but every, but I could own all the Ethereum and that doesn't by default mean I'm a node and I'm making decisions on a proof of stake scenario. Okay. So I think, I think, I don't think we have the definition of terms on how this applies to the Howey test. Thank you so much, Brian, for dropping that. But I think, I think regulators won't care so much. I just think they'll care about how do we hold them accountable for like FTX? Well, Ethereum's not like FTX. It's a platform. It's different. It's a blockchain. It's different. So I think, I think DEXs and SEXs, oh, Jesus, forgive me, like uh, centralized exchanges. <laughs> is, that what we, is that what people really call them? SEXs? Well, I don't know how they pronounce it. KEXs? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Someone let me know. Um, I think they're I think they're going to come up with ways to regulate and tax those much sooner than they'll go after Ethereum honestly. Um yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely think that. <laughs> well, let's see what else here we got. Okay, so we have the Howey test expectation of return big time. Here's a good question from George. Can you put Ethereum on the TCP IP stack or OSI layer? George, I think you're asking a question. You know the answer. To you. Yeah, I sounds don't. Like a, sounds like a tech. I, I like. I know what those words mean, but I've never thought about it in that way before. Like, oh, you know who who knows the answer to this for sure? Um, Ken. Uh, Ken Cato. Ken Cato, the other Ken, Victor's Ken. Oh, oh, really? Well, I mean, but George with Li-Fi. I mean, he's asking because this, right? I mean, isn't George the one with the Li-Fi project? No, this is another George. Oh, I am so sorry. Okay. That's a good question. Can you put Ethereum on top on the TCP IP stack or OSI layer? I've never thought Maybe about not it. Ethereum Maybe. directly, but I think I've heard of, there was an Oracle chain, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, that was trying to basically run a blockchain that ran on the stack, but um, Ken Newton, that's the one. Kenyon, there we go. There we go. What's up, Kadeem? What's up, Kadeem? How you doing? <clears throat> Jared jumps in and says, running an ETH node in 2030 will be analogous to having a real estate portfolio, stock dividend portfolio today. I fully agree. And that is so that we all know that's Jared's game, man. 
if I'm if I'm stacking real estate, Jared's gonna be stacking nodes. I'm calling it here, and he's like, "Don't give it away. You're gonna come uh, kidnap me for my seed freeze." <laughs> Go ahead, so, Jared. What do you got? Do, do you remember? Do you remember? Now remember, but you know, recently the uh, FTX got hacked, and they said that the the hacker has like the highest amount of Ethereum ever available. Yeah. What do you, what do you you do you think the Ethereum Foundation will let that account become nodes on the Ethereum network? Because remember, you need to have thirty two ETH to become a node. So what if you steal a bunch of ETH and just use it as a node? Well, I mean, it depends on how well they can do the tracking, and the tracking is getting really good. And by that, I mean, um, <laughs> um, by that I mean the hacker is good enough to hack three hundred million Ethereum. Or 300 million US worth of Ethereum mm -hmm. and, and more, I think. Um, they're smart enough to do that, which means they're smart enough to then divide up. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Kadeem asking for financial advice. Kadeem, rule number one NFA, not financial advice. But I would say that we all are invested in some way, shape, or form in crypto. And then you yeah. make your own decision. D -Y -O. Invest in yourself, buddy. Invest in yourself. <laughs> Invest in yourself. Um, so I think the hacker is, good, is smart enough to divide up his account. So if the Ethereum Foundation and the other nodes are smart enough to block that account, great. Can they track all the accounts it gets diffused into as they try to make their own nodes? Because if I had, you know, 300 million US, I would definitely want, I would definitely invest in some form of node ownership, but it'd have to be so indirect and it'd have to go through so many tumblers or whatever they call those accounts that mm -hmm. uh, obfuscate the ownership of the account um they can try but good luck you know tracking that on how that's actually the, done does i mean it, is there a way to block a node like if i show up with 32 eth is don't i just automatically become a node because it's decentralized right well, it's decentralized-ish, right? Like, okay. because the nodes have voting power, right? And so, like other node owners, if, if I'm not mistaken, vote out another node. That does. I might be mistaken on my understanding of nodes. You know what? Brian's probably listening to me right now. George Tor Tor Tortorolo is probably listening to me and thinking this guy's a a a, a freak. Um, I might be misspeaking, but they have a certain degree of input into what happens. So, or there might be rules in the contract, but I mean, if there's, I think this was all the, there was all the uh, frustration about the same thing. I want to say a year ago where there was some shenanigans and they were able to, yes, someone was publishing empty blocks when there was still mining. I'm going to have to remember, I'm going to have to dig up my memory on what the situation was, but I believe that a hacker had learned how to publish empty blocks and Everyone was like, wait, what's going on? They were making money on the mining fees. They looked at the protocol and realized, wait a minute, this was on Bitcoin. It was on Bitcoin. So I stand mm -hmm. corrected. And the people involved said, well, technically they're not breaking any rules because there's nothing in the white paper and then nothing in the smart contract that says there's something wrong with this. Okay. And so, but they were still making money on transaction fees. So I think they were ultimately able to write the code and block this uh, miner out I believe that there's a similar function in Ethereum, how much energy they want to exert over it. I don't know. If they're serving a function, it's making the network better, right? So I don't know. And, and whose right is it to punish within a decentralized ethos? I don't know. Is, are we getting into like mob rule where the mob, the true democracy, we all raise our pitchforks and say, let's get rid of this guy? Or is it true to... Are we supposed to let the smart contract make all those decisions? Smart contract, sure. That's that's the pervading philosophy, but we'll see if people actually want that level of wild wild west. We'll yeah. see. Well, guys, we're at the top of the hour. Jared, you can pipe in and send in your shout out. Jay, what's your shout out today? Mm, look, when when we were off, I was telling you, oh, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about mortality because I had yes, a friend of mine, close friend heavy. of mine, who yeah. just sort of suddenly passed away. So 
I don't know, like shot, I guess shout out to, to his family and, um, his uh, friends and fraternity brothers and everybody yeah. who's, who's mourning that loss. Cause that was a, it was like a sudden, it, for me, it's my first time losing someone who's like the same age as me and yeah. I'm close with. And so it's, it's been like a, like a roller coaster ride of emotions. Yeah. So, I'm sorry to deal to with them. that brother. Yeah. My shout out is to Jarrett and all the other commenters today we had some really good comments that yeah. really tied into the conversation we had over over 100 comments today that's fantastic and and from brian brian says the howie test was from before the invention of the transistor let that sink in that, that so is the, crazy. so the knowledge of those and then of course because victor is our uh is our i guess unofficial fourth partner here because he's so consistent he gets to do a shout and it's to Jarrett. we miss you we do miss you Aww. so any so everyone, I don't think we're doing Saturday because of the holidays, correct? The the American holiday for Thanksgiving was Thanksgiving, that Thanksgiving, yeah. Thanksgiving. So we probably won't do our Saturday morning show, but you know what? Maybe we'll pop in and just do a space or something like that for the heck of it. We'll and see ja about that. Jared might be watching the uh the World Cup. We might oh. not be able to pry him away from the end of TV. We appreciate you guys from the land of America. I always like to give thanks, so I'm thankful for y'all hope you guys are having a great weekend and we'll uh we'll see you next time thank you so much for stopping by everybody peace y'all peace <laughs>